It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Saturday could be crazy for Auburn football recruiting. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerbeam. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Little Cruton Thursday action with John Garcia, football recruiting expert and insider. John, you and I were talking about the visitors list for A-Day. A lot of really, really talented kids coming to the Plains on Saturday. 100%, you know, and I think let's start before we even dig in the kids, the structure. Um, I, I was looking at, it was funny, I was just looking at all the spring game dates in the SEC. Vandy's the only other school rolling on April 8th, and that might not seem like a big deal, but when you talk about the best kids in the South, right, yeah. in, in that classic Auburn recruiting footprint, if you structure your spring to sort of be that first big ticket item, as most schools go the 15th or the 22nd, again, you're just putting yourself in a higher ceiling position to have more big time recruits on campus. And that's why this list, in addition to Auburn doing a great job individually with these guys, that's another reason why this list is is so darn big. Uh, and, and yeah, there's five stars all over it. KJ Bolden uh, among them. There's multiple recruits committed to Georgia, committed to Alabama on there. And of course, a lot of the top uncommitted recruits, not only in the state of Alabama, but in Georgia, in Mississippi, which is always important. Uh, so this is this has got layers and layers of recruits, not only in 24, but but even in 25, if you want to look way ahead. Let's talk about some of these five stars. Jordan Ross, kind of a Jack Edge type player. Perry Thompson, the wide receiver. Demarcus Riddick, linebacker. What stands out about those three names? Obviously, a lot of talent, a lot of upside with those guys. Kind of take us through those names, John. Yeah, Ross is, I think, just now hitting his stride as as sort of a national recruit. Uh, of course, the SEC is well aware of his talents from right there at Vestavia Hills. Auburn, I, I think, has done as good a job as any program in this recruitment. Bama's there. Georgia's there. Tennessee, I, I think, is, is maybe the sneaky number two okay. in this race at this point. Uh, but Auburn's done a good job of getting him on campus early and prioritizing him at a position that is really one, as we've talked about over the last year, one that's going to be over a lot of transition and a lot of new and young faces getting thrown in that mix. So you got to wonder with him getting another fresh look at, at a Keldrick Falk, who was kind of in his position last year, yeah. making huge impressions and strides early on in, in his Auburn career. That's got to resonate with a fellow in-state recruit. So I think there's something to sell uh, on the field just as much as there is from a, a consistent and relationship perspective with these coaches off the field. So Auburn's doing a really great job um, with him in particular. And then the other two, as you mentioned, Thompson committed to Alabama, Riddick committed to Georgia for quite some time. Now you're talking about more return visits for spring ball. And I think getting that first visit is huge, right? You get a lot of the initial boxes checked. Hey, What's the feel? This is how the coaching staff operates. This is the intensity. This is the vibe, the culture, whatever. When you get that second trip in, in the spring, you could really go hyper-focused, whether it's, hey, I need more on my position or my relationship with a certain coach. There's a smaller number of boxes 
to check at that point. And and for Perry, this might be visit three or four since Hugh Freeze took over. So he's interested, John. There's, he there's clearly no has something. Box. Yep. Yeah, there, there's maybe no other box to check here. And I know last time I was on with you, I said if there's any guy who you would put higher on the flip watch chain, it'd probably be Thompson relative to some of these other names. Sure. So another visit uh, under his belt, I think, is something uh, to, to be considered uh, of high priority for Auburn. Uh, and again, those two are both in-state, close-to-home type recruits, especially Riddick in this example. So yeah, you, you got to keep hammering away, chipping away at some of these, these big-time recruitments. And again, it just feels like, Zach, a matter of time to where one of these Bama and or Georgia recruits is going to change their mind. And, and we talked about last year how it was so big to do so with a lot of other schools, Tennessee, LSU, yeah. uh, a bunch of others. When, when you hit the, the Georgia-Bama threshold, it hits on another level. And I think that will be another banner moment when it happens. Not if it happens, but when. Well, and Auburn's always seems to be on the other side of that. You know, the, it'll be a long time commit, and then they'll go to, to Alabama or they'll they'll go to Georgia late in the process. Sometimes on signing day. Sometimes it's happened on signing day. Sometimes, just, yeah. Um, I think we all just had a, a few unfortunate flashbacks. My apologies, I everyone. Tattoo. I thought of a tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, that 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 hurts. That hurts. But <laughs> but certainly, I, I think when you look at you know Auburn potentially being on the the fun side of this. How much legitimacy will that bring to what Hugh Freeze is doing on the recruiting trail? Yeah, I think all you need is one of those. Uh, one of those, and, and there's 2025 recruits and other recruits who won't be there for a day that, that Auburn is in the mix for committed to either or, or both of, of those national powers. It, it brings all the validation, right? That, that's really, I would say, now that Walker White is in the fold as, as kind of the banner future QB1 of the program, that's maybe the last recruiting box to check. And if you're you're checking the final box six months into the gig or whatever it is, that's a pretty good stretch, right? You've answered needs. You've hit the O-line hard. You've got impact freshmen. You've flipped recruits. You've won yeah. close to home. Really, that's the last you know checkpoint, if you will, from an optical perspective. And again, does that matter as much with the recruits? Maybe, maybe not. But optically, from the supporters, from the fans of both the Auburn fan base and well beyond, that is where it starts to, to dig into that perception of Auburn recruiting and its ceiling, especially when you're talking about this in the month of April as opposed to November, December, January, where, where everything yeah. is frantic. If you're doing so on the front end of all of that, I think it says – a whole heck of a lot more because obviously we still haven't seen this staff coach a game uh, just yet. So it, it really will be the final sort of validator of, Hey, say what you want about this program, but Auburn recruiting, at least that is going to be streamlined and, and has a higher ceiling than it has, you know, maybe in a decade. So, all right, we talked about the five stars. Who are some other guys that'll be on campus this weekend that you're kind of peeking at saying like, Oh, this is a little sneaky. Well, obviously, look, the guys closer to home are always going to be important, but there's a couple out-of-staters that really have my attention, particularly Daniel Hill. He's a running back from Meridian, just over the state line there in the state of Mississippi, and you just know that state, we've talked about it a lot, Zach, that state, it's just going to hit different for these recruits because of Hugh Freeze's time and investment in the state of Mississippi, so for a guy like Daniel Hill that everyone for six months now has expected to end up at Alabama. Speaking of which um, South Carolina is making a move. Tennessee is in there. Sure. Now he's going to take his first visit to Auburn and, and kind of just scratch that itch of I'm a running back, Hugh freeze offensive production. Let me at least give this a look. And then you throw on the second layer. Hey, Cadillac Williams, 
went to his school very early in the recruiting process um, again. So this is another recruit where, you know, Auburn has not been involved. It has not been mentioned until mm -hmm. now. So let's see how much ground can, can be made up because like I said, this was almost a, a formality of, Hey, this kid's going to end up at Alabama at some point. So you start digging into that type of recruitment and it really does make a difference. When you look at running back, we've talked about this before about there being a, a potentially a two running back class for caddy and Hugh and Auburn fat Burnett's here, right? I mean, that was, that was a big win. Does, is there ever kind of, does it ever open up some urgency if you're one of these other running backs? So it's like, Hmm, well, they're talking to like six other backs and I'm pretty interested. I guess I'll go ahead and take that last spot. I mean, is there any other pressure or they're like, no, I'm really good. I'm going to be okay. Uh, it, it probably depends on the recruit. You know, I think yeah, Daniel sure. Hill's probably on the 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 second layer of of that argument. But look, these kids are aware, uh, and the people around them, maybe more importantly, are, are very aware. So if you flip it to the other running back that's visiting, Kevin Riley from Tuscaloosa County, now all of a sudden that feels like a whole a whole different argument, right? Because he has been sure. to Auburn, he has been recruited longer from a consistent pace compared to a Daniel Hill and he's in state. So he's much more aware of a fat Burnett joining the fold a couple weeks back and saying, Hey, if, if I want a spot in this class probably has to come sooner rather than later. Uh, and he's also on the visitor list for a day there, by the way. So that will be an interesting dynamic from Cadillac's perspective. Um, you know, Hey, do you press for Riley now and, and keep Daniel Hill warm since he's maybe further right. from a decision that that could be something and, you know, and hey, if if the consolation prize, quote unquote, in this two two person argument is is the kid from Tuscaloosa, I think that would go over quite well uh, with, with your audience. So this is a very good spot to be in. Very important to get that first RB on board, as you mentioned with sure. Fat Burnett. Now that that long expectation is over, there is more urgency because you know it's it's a it's a finite position. You're not going to take four running backs in one class. It just doesn't happen like it does at receiver and O line and in the secondary. It's one or two. And hopefully offensive three. line moving forward, John. Hopefully we get four <laughs> offensive linemen in every class moving forward. Yeah, maybe maybe more. Maybe more than that every I single so. cycle. I do think that's going to correct itself uh, here here under uh, under Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so. I certainly hope so. John, I'm about to pepper you with a question that every Auburn fan wants to know. Who could commit this weekend? We discussed that in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Got to tell you about our friends at FanDuel. This is a great time to get in on the action at FanDuel because they've got a no-sweat first bet for new customers. That's up to $1,000 bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Or head over to FanDuel.com slash lockdown for more information on that no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. John Garcia, who could commit this weekend? And does this weekend kind of feel like the stage is set for someone to commit? 
Absolutely. Look, we talk about if we praised Auburn at the top of the show for the structure of this thing, it kind of doesn't matter if you don't splash along the way. So I do think there is a little bit of nudge nudge going on behind the scenes with, with this coaching staff relative to a day itself. And right along with that, I'll take the low hanging fruit. G- give me Joseph Phillips, blue yes. chip recruit right down the road uh, at Booker T. Washington there in, in Tuskegee. Uh, another uh, guy who's at a position of need. He could be an off-ball linebacker or an edge-type prospect. Uh, he's visited Auburn more than any other school by a wide margin. I don't think he's been anywhere else more than once. This will be visit, I think, four or five to Auburn. Again, right down the road, you understand that familiarity. Hyper-local recruiting has been such a big deal for Auburn uh, under well, really every coach, but it's been a focus under Hugh Free. So this is – sort of the low-hanging fruit that you got to hit on uh, relative to Keldrick Falk last year. And you hit that um, in a strong way. So doing so with Phillips earlier in the cycle, I think would be a big deal. And I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the commitments coming back. You talk about structure, Walker White will be there. A bunch of these verbal commitments will be back on the planes. And and that is an extension of your coaching staff. Because if you're hosting, I don't know, 30 blue chip recruits or whatever the number is, Coach can't be with them at all times, right? So you need to kind of fan well, out. Walker and, and, White can, John Garcia. And you can use Walker <laughs> in in the in the photo shoots uh, when they're having their meals, whatever it is. You know, he'll be uh, right there along with the coaching staff. So I do think um, in state is is the safest bet uh, from from a, a guessing perspective. And, and Phillips has after Fat Burnett, really Phillips has been the second guy that's yeah. like. I don't know when he's going to do it, but you do feel good about Auburn's chances no matter when he does it. So I I do think the stage of A-Day would probably line up well for him. Can you give me a long shot prediction? Maybe not even a prediction, but just a name to kind of say, eh, maybe. It it wouldn't shock me if this happened. Do you you have another one? Um, I'll go super long shot. I'll go – I think Perry Thompson is still very much in the crosshairs for Auburn. I'm not predicting the flip. Sure, that'd be crazy. It would shock me relative to all the others that are committed to – Alabama and or Georgia. Look, Starling Dixon's right. coming back. A bunch of guys committed to these two schools uh, will be back in town. That's Landon who I Tommy. thought you were going to say. I thought you would say Sterling Dixon. Dixon. Dixon's a candidate as well. If I'm going to go uncommitted, keep an eye on uh, – let's go back to Mississippi. I mean, Isaiah Autry is a, a sneaky, high-emerging prospect on the offensive line from Mississippi, has a great relationship with Coach Thornton on the offensive line, of course, leading the charge at Ole Miss and under – his leadership, Ole Miss was kind of the early favorite for him, much like they were for Walker White, by the way. So yeah. I do think something like that from a relationship standpoint could sort of click together for an Isaiah Autry, who's who's a sneaky big-time prospect that's going to be on campus. He's one that I think you look at his ranking now and you look in December, and I think it's going to look very different uh, with a lot more stars uh, on the back end of that. So that would be big for Auburn. And look, and he's an offensive tackle who's like 6'7", so I know that fan base would appreciate it. Yeah, give it to me. Absolutely. <laughs> John, I want to discuss what the recruiting tactics typically are for a spring game and also what do you need to see from Hugh Freeze and Auburn to get to a top 10 class uh, in 2024. All that coming up right here on Locked On Auburn. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy 
of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. So when you're a coach, especially a recruiting-minded head coach that we all agree Hugh Free certainly is, how do you lay out this weekend when you have all of these talented guys coming in that you want to be a part of this 2024 class? Because you can't, like you said, you can't be with them all sure. the time. So from a player's perspective, what are they typically going to see? How are they kind of going to be courted throughout Auburn, you think? Well, this is where your, your support staff really has to shine. And again, that structure we keep talking about, the organization of the day, the itinerary, if you will, has to be down uh, to the minute, right? Uh, look, it's 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 important to be with the current roster uh, before, during, and after the the A day game itself. But let's also not pretend it's a game day in the fall. Sure. And, and look, you've already talked about Hugh Freeze kind of bailing on an entire practice to recruit. <laughs> this is another. He situation. did earlier this week, by the way, John. It wasn't with kids, but it was with high school coaches. So it's pretty much the same thing, right? So you you can see something similar. Uh, from the freeze perspective uh, itself, but beyond him, yeah, I think you you hit these kids sort of in waves. Look, the priority guys probably already know they're at that status, but they'll get reemphasized in that regard with uh, some in-office meetings well before A-Day begins, and the others will do so on, on the back end of it. In between, you do the meals, you do the photo shoot, you, you sit down in the stands, and, and that's where the rest of the staff really has to yeah. spread out and, and and sort of divide and conquer with, with the same kind of priority level for the class of 2024 guys or the elite 2025 guys. But again, you know, Amon Lane's going to be back in town. A lot of these commitments will be back there as well to, to aid that effort. And it does feel like this group of commits, even though it's a smaller group right now, they all seem very galvanized for Auburn. And there's a difference between, hey, I'm committed, and then the next week I'm taking other visits, which happens in SEC country all the time. Sure. This group seems all the way bought in, which is another sort of feather in the cap for the identification and evaluation process of, of Auburn's coaching staff because you don't want guys who are half in, half out. Um, and, and this group does feel like it's all the way, you know, blue and orange, you know, wake up and, and, and to sundown as well. So that will only help reemphasize a, a lot of these points. So, but yeah, it's it's a time management, itinerary based uh, approach. And, and you hope that it, it comes up positive publicly with a verbal commitment. And I would, you know, the more I talk about it, I'm starting to expect it uh, on Saturday. I hope so. For your mouth to God's ears, my friend. So <laughs> when you look at the next few months from a timeline standpoint, this year is going to be a little different, I would assume, because we've got that May portal period now. This is the first yeah. time we've had this. May 1 to May 15, it's going to be all about transfers. So we'll see how that impacts it. But if you had to guess, the next few months, let's say through July, right, which is when a lot of these guys are going to be visiting. I assume you'll have Big Cat Weekend, late July, and all that stuff like normal. But what does Auburn need to do to get a top 10 class on the recruiting trail in 2024? 
Well, you're going to have to flip some of these big name Georgia Bama commits, at least one or two of them. Again, I do think there's that's the final layer of validation from from a perceptional standpoint. Yeah. I do think that needs to happen. You've got your QB on board. You're doing very well within state line. So you're starting to check a lot of other boxes that built up to a top 10 class, but you got to splash. You got to continue to splash in the offseason. And I think it's it's structured well with this A-Day visitor list, which has been you know, positive all spring long. And then you got to reemphasize it from the official visit perspective. And that's really going to bubble up in the month of June. As you mentioned, the, the spring official visits are starting to die down really everywhere because of that May portal window. So you push all your visits to the month of June from an official perspective, and you start to load up on a commitment perspective thereafter because kids want to be off the board before the season begins. And obviously at that point, let's say you're at 15 verbal commitments or whatever it is, that will be a whole nother layer of, okay, let's see what Auburn's going to do. And I do think on the field, now you've got to start to supplement some of this, this momentum that, that has been established in the off season. It doesn't mean you have to go 10 and two and, and compete for the sec crown or whatever it is, but you have to impress in, in spurts, whether it's offensively, whether it's a, a couple of positions that yeah. are, are all sec out right out of the gate, uh, a, a super with the iron bowl. Well, that would help of course, but I just think you have to show promise on the field. You got to make recruits say, yeah, I could be that missing piece as opposed to, I don't know what that's going to look like with or without me. So I think you have yeah. to show the same thing you want to sell to the fans. You want to show some excitement during the season enough to stabilize uh, as a program, which obviously has been, you know, the key, the, the key issue for Auburn over the last, you know, four or five years. Yeah. I went on locked on sec earlier this week with Chris Gordy. And at the end of the show, after we got done previewing it, he asked me about, expectations this year and we kind of briefly went through the schedule and I'm like I think seven and five is probably your sweet spot you know I think anything over that you overachieve six and six depending on what it looks like probably you know probably leaves a weird taste in your mouth but to me like if you go seven and five but you have the eighth recruiting class in college football the energy from the future of this program is sky high to me it almost seems like what he does on the recruiting trail is going to either validate or not how successful of a season it is. Is that weird to say? But I mean, Auburn's roster is just in a spot that we never really thought it would be. Like, it should not be mm -hmm. this bad. Auburn's roster should never be this bad in football. And Hughes done a lot with, you know, the transfer portal already, and we'll see what he does moving forward with it. But it's just, to me, I think people are going to be watching, especially in November and December when the early signing right. day gets closer and closer. It's going to be all about, like, is Auburn a top 10 class or not? Because if they're not, John, it almost seems like that would be the bigger disappointment. Yeah, I, I think it's touchy. That's touchy because, look, there's there's a couple of schools that you could probably just pencil in right now. I, I'd probably pencil in Ohio State. Notre Dame's doing a really good job this cycle. You know, we keep – I don't want to keep bringing up Georgia-Bama on this show. Sure. They're going to be in there. No, it's uh, three out. Sure. Yeah. Right. So that, that's half the top 10 already. So you're really competing with, you know, Oklahoma and Oregon and Miami and Florida, some of those Texas, those type of, of programs. And the commonality there is that Auburn's done a better job than all of them to this point of mm -hmm. getting elite recruits on campus. If you duplicate that in the fall from a game day perspective, we, we know what it's like there at, at Jordan Hare. 
I do think that will sort of take care of itself from a recruiting perspective. But on the field, you have to bring that final element, whether it's a huge upset uh, or or a better finish than we all expect. I do think that will be sort of the final piece because we do know after the season when it's time to go all in on recruiting once again, just like we saw last winter, that won't be the issue for, for Auburn from an effort or, or from a possibility perspective. So I do think that it's going to take something like that on the field to lock in a top yep. 10 class, but the ceiling, the ceiling is, is, is that, and that's a, that's a strong, strong ceiling because we just mentioned it. Half the top 10 is already basically accounted for. So you're talking about a very small number of spots in the normal recruiting configuration. So for Auburn to be there, um, even on the cusp of being there, I think would be considered a huge win. John Garcia, thank you so much for your time as always. How can people give you some love, brother? Yeah, well, you're fancy enough to have my uh, Twitter handle right here on the page, John Garcia underscore JR, talking ball at every level. And, of course, uh, throughout the Locked On Network, come check us out. Find all my written work at auburndaily.com, and we will see you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.